talk. As you can see, I did not add the sports to the end. We officially changed the podcast name. Actually, we've never been about sports, just about sports. We're doing couch talk only. So we talk about everything here, man. We talk about politics, current events, social justice issues, sports. We just, you know, sit back on the couch, chop it up with my guest. I'm your host, Mitsu. Today I got Jay, my co-founder, and also I got somebody new today, Ryan, but I call him Don. Uh, you know, <laughs> how you, how you guys doing today, fellas? Good, man. Uh, glad to see you back from Boise, bro. You were on a nice little holiday vacation, huh? Yeah, yeah. I went on a nice little holiday vacation, going for 10 days. I dropped the episode before we left, though, about the NBA draft. You know, I had to put some content out there. It was great. It was cold, below 30 every night, snowing. How was you guys Thanksgiving? Pretty good, bro. Can't complain. Just stay here with the family and stuff. Stay local. And like you, baller alert, bro. Traveling during the COVID, bro. Damn, you. Hey, right, right now, man. Man, you know he came back with the negative test, so he good. He exactly, good. exactly. Hey, I follow protocol. Don't tell Governor Newsom to come get me. Don't try to <laughs> find me. I'm not trying to get fined here. I came back on Saturday. I took my tests on Sunday. Results came back on Monday. I'm negative. CDC just said today. If you took a test that came back negative and you have no symptoms, you can come out of the house in seven days instead of 14 days. I'm out here this Saturday, you know? <laughs> see, they, yeah, they will have to see me about that one. Because if my test is negative, yeah, ain't no quarantining. And, you know, what's the point? You know what I'm saying? I'm good. Exactly, exactly. Just in time to pull up the Jay House for the Spence versus Garcia fight. Oh, yeah, I'm pulling up Jay. <laughs> Let me know, man. Let me know. I'm, I'm down. I don't work that day, so we lit. We lit, we lit, but you know, there was some big news today. We're going to get right into this episode. There's some big news today. Russell Westbrook is on the move again for the second straight year. Last year, he was traded from OKC to Houston. This year, he's being traded from Houston to the Washington Wizards for a first-round pick in John Wall. First of all, let me get you guys' reactions to the trade, and then we'll talk about, you know, Russell Westbrook's legacy after being traded for a second time. What do you guys think about the trade? Who benefits mostly? Who's the winner? Want to go, Don? Yeah, I'll go ahead and go, man. I think Houston is the winner. And I know that's saying a lot, given John Wall coming off the Achilles injury. But, you know, I like Westbrook. I'm a UCLA guy, too. But I just think Westbrook game is one-dimensional. And it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit Bradley Bill, personally. I think if they were going to go trade John Wall, they should have just traded him for some picks. And honestly, and gave the keys to Bradley Bill because him and Westbrook game does not fit together at all. Bradley Bill showed this past season for me that he can just, you know, be the team leader, be the go-to guy. He showed he could dish the ball. He showed he could rebound the ball. He showed he could score the ball. So for to bring in a guy like Westbrook, who is, in my opinion, a stat chaser, you know, for better or for worse, however you want to take it, he's a stat chaser. You know, he's going after the triple-double, that's for sure. For them to bring in a guy like that, who came out and requested a trade because he wanted his own team. I just don't think that bodes well for Bradley Bill, and I don't think that looks good for the Wizards uh, in the long call for trying to keep Bradley Bill. You know, I think that's going to open Bradley Bill's eyes and say, okay, what direction are we going? And I thought, you know, after this season, this is my team. I showed you guys this is my team. But now you picked up somebody who kind of needs the ball, same type of player as me. What's going on? What's your reaction, Jay? Okay, uh, I thought I was going to be in the minority, but I guess Laker fans think alike, bro. I really like this from the Rockets' perspective, too. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, Westbrook is the better player. I, I mean, that 
that Wall's a better player because I think Westbrook is better. But um, I just like kind of from a basketball standpoint, um, I think Wall is a slightly better fit next to James Harden on the court other than uh, or better than Westbrook just because I think he's a little bit better shooter and he's a he has a little pull-up game too that could complement Harden more. He's not a great three-point shooter either unlike Westbrook. But uh, two years ago, I saw I was watching the stats and I kind of forgot his last healthy year. Um, he was shooting around 37% from the three-point line. So that's something. And it's an improvement over Westbrook. And then I like how they got that little extra asset too with the throwing in the first-round pick in there. A couple weeks ago before free agency, we know that the Rockets lacked assets just because they traded them all, either in a Chris Paul trade or another trade before that for Chris Covington, too. Well, they were able to flip Covington for, like, two first-rounders. So they're, like, slowly loading up on assets, too. So I kind of like what they did with that extra first-rounder. So it just depends what the Rockets want to do. If they want to go make another run at it this year, um, I think they can. You know, they got uh, they signed Christian Wood, which we'll go over in a bit with a free agency thing. But, um, you know, they got Boogie. Hopefully he could stay healthy. If that team could stay healthy this year, I think they can make a little playoff run. I still don't think they're a championship contender, but I like what they did. And then from Washington's standpoint, they did get the better player in Westbrook, who's obviously going to be more durable, unlike Wall has been the last couple of years. But um, I just don't, like Don said, the fit with Bill, uh, Westbrook needs the ball in his hand too much sometimes. And he is kind of a stat chaser. He's going to have great numbers during the season. And I think his relationship with Scott Brooks, you know, it's going to help a lot too during the regular season. But even then, um, you know, it's going to be tough for them even to make an eight or to get the eight or seven seed just because other teams like Atlanta, maybe even Charlotte, you know, those teams got better. So, um, I mean, on the short term, I guess they did get a little bit better, but I don't see how it helps them too much. Well, I'm going to just go ahead and disagree with the both of you guys. Because I'm going to play, you know, I'll be the devil's advocate here since you guys are agreeing. You know, Laker fans always find a way to, you know, go in cahoots with each other and agree with each other. You know, I don't know. It's something, you know, mental that you guys got going on. I think it's a good trade for Washington. I think Russell Westbrook is back playing with Scott Brooks. He played pretty good with him when he was a coach of OKC. He knows the offense. Um, He's healthier. He's more athletic. Then John Wall, I understand you guys talking about he's a stat chaser. We're going to get back to that later, Don, because I really don't consider Westbrook a stat chaser. I think he just plays hard every time. And because because he's averaging triple doubles every year doesn't mean he's a stat chaser. But I think him and Bill could play well together. I mean, Bill will be the shooter. They just re-signed Barnes, I believe, Hearns, I believe, as well, who could be the three-guard, the Gonzaga player from last year, um, and who they drafted in the first round. He's a pretty good fit. I could definitely see them being a contender in the East. I mean, I know you got other teams like the Celtics, you got the Brooklyn Nets, you got the Miami Heat, but I could see them being a top four team if Westbrook and Bill can mess together. I don't see it being a bad fit. Of course, not a perfect fit. Anywhere Russell Westbrook go, not going to be a perfect fit because he is ball dominant, but him and Bradley Bill can play well together. Bradley Bill doesn't need a ball in his hands all the time to play well. He can't play off ball. John Wall and Westbrook are similar to each other as well. Wall might be a little bit more efficient when it comes to, you know, efficiency when it comes to being a shooter. He doesn't hold the ball in his hand all the time. I mean, the ball constantly moves. I can give you that. But if Russell can adjust his style a little bit more, I think he could be a good fit in Washington. What do you guys think about that? What do you think about my thoughts? 
I get what you're saying. My biggest concern with Westbrook is that he doesn't really make other players better around him. You saw with the whole the year after Kevin Durant left, and they had a uh, Oladipo on his team. That was probably Oladipo's worst year from not just statistically, but all around. And then you see what happened when he got traded to Indiana how he got so much better those two years after. So that's just kind of my biggest concern, how if the same thing might happen to Beal, just because uh, Westbrook doesn't make players around him as the number one guy. Obviously, but, but I'm, I'm going to stop you there. The year that he won MVP and Durant left, they reached the playoffs. And he averaged a triple-double, and it was basically just him on that team. So I think he made players on that team around him better that year, for sure. The first year after Durant left, he, they didn't make the playoffs. They were a lottery team. They okay, it okay, was a lottery team? Yeah, and then the year after, they traded Oladipo. And that's the year he won MVP, right? And that's when they got, um, did Westbrook win MVP that year? Yeah, I think he did, but I don't think they didn't make the playoffs that year. So that's my thing. Like, he's going to get the stats. I agree with you. He plays hard. He's durable, which is one of the things that I've always been impressed with Westbrook, especially the style that he plays. He's always at 100. But um, that's my only concern with them, that he doesn't make his teammates better to a certain degree, and then he doesn't always play winning basketball either. We kind of saw it in the playoffs against with Houston this year and what the Lakers did to him. They basically told him to just shoot. We're going to leave you wide open, and we're going to double Harden or whoever else, and he never adjusted. So those are my two biggest concerns with Westbrook. He's a hell of a player. I know he's better than John Wall, as we've seen in the last couple of years, but just from you know Washington, I don't see how they got better from the trade. Really, or like I don't know what's the end game for them. Are they going for the a play? Are they going to make a playoff run? You know, are they trying to be a contender with Westbrook? Are they, or are they just going to settle for trying to get an eighth or seventh seed? That's my biggest question. Yeah, I, I agree with with Jay. Miss, you make some great points. You know, I do say Russell is a is a stat chaser, but I say that you know, for better or for worse. His numbers end up do contributing for his team winning, but at the, you know, other games, it doesn't, and he's still getting a triple double. And so that's my point. And then there's the meme going around with him fighting over a rebound with his former teammate, Steven Adams. So I just don't get that. <laughs> but as far as the, the Wizards funny. getting, the Wizards getting better, I just don't see it. To me, Russ and John Wall are both similar players. You saw how it worked out in Washington with John Wall, a healthy John Wall. It didn't work out too well. You know, it was, what, first round, second round exits for them. And people were talking about Bradley Bill being the guy that should be traded, not John Wall. And so that just shows you the type of player that Bradley Bill has become when the team and the keys were handed to him. You know, Bradley Bill was an all-star. He damn near was the only player to put up 25, 7, and 8 this season while shooting some crazy percentage that he shot from the field and for him to kind of sit there and get another player that's similar to John Wall and Russell Westbrook and somebody who I would say is a little bit more ball dominant and a stat chaser, I think that doesn't bode well for the Wizards and as far as their chemistry because like you said, Wizards got a lot of good young guys. Rui Hachimura out of Gonzaga. They got Troy Brown who they drafted a couple years ago from Oregon who got some playing time this year and kind of balled out a little bit. They just drafted some point guard out of Europe uh, first round pick that they're looking to kind of incorporate this season. Um, they got David Bertan as a shooter. So at this point, I think they should just go ahead. They should have went ahead and just built a team around Bradley Bill. Um, personally, just put a bunch of shooters around Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill so he could get to the rim. He show he could shoot. I don't think he's as good as a stand-up shooter as people uh, claim for him to be, just because that's not his game. I know that was built for him coming out of Florida, but he's definitely proved in the league that he's more than just a stand-up shooter. That, as we saw with him playing with John Wall, that didn't work out too well. So I just think it, 
really no team got better in my eyes. But I do think John Wall, like Jay said, is a better fit for the Rockets at the end of the day. Man, he brought up a good point. This is kind of a reunion with John Wall and Boogie Cousins as well. So I'm pretty interested to see how that works out with that lineup uh, over there in Houston. John Wall, Christian Wood, Boogie Cousins, James Harden. That's a really good lineup right there. And I think they will be top five, six teams in the West. And once you get to the playoffs in the West, anything can happen. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I do think John Wall and Boogie and Harden is a good fit and a good matchup together. But just to go back for a second, Jay, the first year after Durant left, Westbrook and the Thunder went 47 and 35 and ended up fourth in the West. That was the first year to have a triple-double. He averaged 31, 10, and 10. The next year after that, he had an average of triple-double again. Thunder went 48 and 34, 25, 10, and 10 as well. So just to say he doesn't make players around him better, I wouldn't say that because he lost Durant. He also still made the playoffs. He had Ibaka. He had Adams. You know, granted, Oladipo did come. So I do think that he makes players around him better. I think he's going to have a bad rep because the shots that he take in the fourth quarter in his late game, you know, heroics, as you would call them, get a lot of bad rep, and he does make a lot of bad plays down the stretch. So I give you that. I also think that him and Bradley Bill could figure it out. We haven't seen Westbrook. This is different. It's him in the East. It's not him in the West. He always going to play hard. It's just Westbrook to play hard. But he doesn't have to do as much because, you know, the West is so – you know, a little bit more superior than the Eastern Conference. But I do think, as you guys both said, I think John Wall and Harden could play together. And I also think that Boogie is going to be healthy this year as well. And that's a good fit for him. But the other question is, does Harden stay now? Is it something that he stays? He's still going out. I know the Rockets, shortly after Westbrook was traded, Rockets came out and said they're still trying to be competitive. They're doing everything they can do to keep Harden. Reports came out that Harden said he wanted to be traded to the Nets. Um, reports came out that him and Durant was talking. Durant was on some platform this week saying that him and Harden have not talked. They talk as friends, but not about basketball. You think this this uh, helps Harden stay in Houston, or you think he'll be traded by beginning the season or the midseason to the Brooklyn Nets? I see it as two different perspectives because I think after this trade, Harden is going to want to leave because I know him and Westbrook were boys. And then I think that injury concern is going to kind of bug Harden, um, Wall's injury concern. So, I mean, I think Harden's going to want to leave. I think he already wanted to leave from the beginning. He was just kind of staying quiet about it, but kind of trying to work his magic behind the scenes. But what, like you said earlier, uh, the Rockets came out and said that they're trying to contend, and I believe that because, like I said, this team that they have right now, better suits kind of winning basketball you know having John Wall who could space the floor a little bit better than Westbrook especially in the playoffs they finally got a, another legit big in Christian Wood who they signed who uh, could pick and pop um, now they have a body to throw at um, either maybe AD or Jokic or whichever big they might come in the playoffs not saying that he's going to shut down those guys but it's just another big that could help them so they got completely away from that small ball and then man and you never know if Boogie stays healthy finally this year he could contribute he's still only like 29 or something like that and he came out the same year as Wall so hopefully you know maybe that kind of camaraderie, camaraderie or whatever that word is and kind of that chemistry from Kentucky they can make a run at it but um, I think the Rockets personally got better they still have PJ Tucker Aaron, Eric Gordon off the bench too so um, they still that's have pieces very true. To that's very true so they still have pieces to contend 
to say that they're a championship team right now, I mean, that's kind of overstating it. But I don't know if that's enough. This roster is enough to want to keep Harden, especially, like you said, you know, picking between either uh, Houston or a team like Brooklyn or maybe even Philly, who are the two teams rumored to be interested in them. Um, I don't know if that's enough to want them to stay. But um, I like what they did in the offseason, gain those extra first-round picks, even though they had to trade Covington and give away some other pieces. But um, I like what they did. They got better this year. Or this yeah, offseason. I'm still trying to figure out how Covington just gets shipped around for first-round picks. I do not think he is that good of a player, but probably people in the league do. I know Minnesota got a first-round pick when he got sent to Houston, and now Houston got a first-round pick. I mean – Hey, get your picks out there, team. But I really think if Covington going for a first, you know, a lot of other players going for one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> I think they looking at plus and minus. They looking at a whole bunch of stats that we don't even know about when it comes to Covington yeah. and trading him for first-round picks. Yeah, but, but I do like how you mentioned, Jay, about the team. If Harden does end up staying, Houston has a pretty good team. I like, you know, you said they bring back Gordon, they bring back Tucker, Harden, they got Cousins, they got Wall, they got some first-round picks, they got a new head coach, we got to see what he's going to do, but, you know, all signs saying he was a great assistant in Dallas, let's see what he's going to do, so I, I like Houston, I think Houston, I mean, you could say Houston probably would have win more games than the Wizards, but I think the Wizards do, I think Wizards put themselves in contention in the East, I think a couple more you know, moves to be made. If um, the first round pick from Gonzaga can, you know, continue to um, get better, I do think that the Wizards could be top five in the East. I mean, maybe five, five, five six range. Five, six range, I would say. I don't know about top five, bro, because you still got Milwaukee, Boston, your Miami Heat. I mean, I like what they did in the offseason. Um, there's still a couple of teams in front of them. Philly, I mean, they could finally get it together. I like what they did in the offseason, too. But, Top five, six seed, that might, that might be stretching. They might even, I mean, I said earlier, the Hawks got better too with those free agent signings. They, they might, you know, sneak into the playoffs this year. Or they better after all that money they spent. <laughs> but um, I could see seven, eight seed, but top five, I don't know, that's kind of a stretch for me. Yeah, it's kind of a stretch, kind of a stretch. But I think Westbrook and Bill, I think they could mesh together. I think it's going to be pretty good out there in Washington. But you actually bring us to, should transition us to our next phase. Let's talk about free agency. You brought up the Hawks. They spent a lot of money out there. Y'all Los Angeles Lakers spent a lot of money today on one player. Uh, you guys have not signed AD yet. Uh, what's going on in L.A., guys? You just gave LeBron two years, $85 million. That's like 42 point what? 42.8 per year? <laughs> 42.3 per year, I think it is. But AD is not signed at extensions yet. What's going on in LA? Please tell me AD's leaving. <laughs> man, AD's just going back and forth, see how many years he wants to resign, man. We ain't tripping over here, bro. He got a taste of a championship in LA. He ain't trying to leave, especially after LeBron signed that extension. No, no, I'm definitely joking. I'm definitely joking. A salute to LeBron. Let's give him his flowers while he is here. I think in my last episode, I said LeBron had three championships. He has four championships. I apologize for that. My friend People pointed that out to me, and he made sure that I come back on here and tell you guys that LeBron has four championships. Get it right. Um, shout but, out to People. Shout out to People. Shout out to People for keeping me on track. But, yes, yeah, let's talk about that extension. LeBron will be in L.A. through 22-23 season. That means he's going to have a chance at a couple more championships. Lakers built their roster this summer, this offseason, I should say. They brought in Matthews. They brought in... Um, Schroeder, they brought a couple pieces in that I really, really like. So what do you guys think about the Lakers offseason move and the LeBron signing? Let them know, Doc. Let them know. 
key theme of this episode. <laughs> but got that first rounder and switched it for a Schroeder. I mean, that was a big move. And that was even right before free agency started. So, you know, he wasn't messing around. Got the Harrell, who I think this is where kind of the Frank Vogel effect comes into play. I know a lot of people were kind of his Harold stock was low because of his playoff performance, especially on the defensive side of the end. Uh, the way, you know, he got a lot of flag for getting lit up by Joe Gitch and other big men. But um, at the end, when you kind of look back at the series, that wasn't really his fault. I think Doc Rivers just wasn't using him to his full potential. And then Frank Vogel and the Lakers, they're not going to use Harold as a dude who's going to guard a Joe Gitch or an Embiid or, you know, those other bigs for 25, 30 minutes a game. He can protect the rim at times, but kind of use him to, to his strengths as well. And it's not going to hurt him playing alongside AD, who's going to back him up at the end of the day. You know, the Clippers didn't have anybody like that. But, um, yeah, so you got Harrell, gave him that sixth man of the year. Also, Wesley Matthews, that was kind of an underrated move, especially since they got him for so cheap. I think we, we signed him for the biannual exception, which is like $3.6 million. I think Danny Green, since he is a bigger body, I mean, that's the biggest issue because Wesley Matthews is only like 6'4". And then Danny Green was a little bit bigger than him. And then I like, no matter what, you know, Lakers fans were talking so much smack about Danny Green because of his shooting this past season. But he was a player who did do the little things right, right? Rotated, knew where to be, helped defense, little stuff like that, those little energy plays that, you know, if you do watch the game, you do notice. But I like Wesley Matthews because he's a better point-of-attack defender. On um, picking rolls or you're trying to set a pick on him, he's going to make you work for it. You know, I was watching back of that because um, I was studying film out of nowhere since we signed him on that Heat series where he was making your boy Jimmy work a little bit, man. And um, I like what I saw. So that, I think that was an underrated move. And then, uh, of course, the Spaniards, big tank, uh, Marcus on coming back to L.A., baby. That was a very scary pickup as well, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything's coming back full circle, you know, coming back to the team that drafted him. And, you know, we all know he ended up getting traded for his brother. But um, I like that move a lot just because, you know, we're not expecting them to do too much. We're not expecting the Memphis Grizzlies all-star, you know, giving us 20 and 10 every game. All we need from him is a solid 15, 20 minutes a game. Rebounding, you know, he's going to get his little post touches. And I can't wait to see the offense with him, LeBron, and even AD. I mean, the passing is going to be beautiful just to watch man um, especially when you have cutters like the KCP and even Kuzma I think you're gonna see some really nice offensive plays or set plays or whatever coming out of LA today but um I like what they did especially taking off the workload off of LeBron just because of the short offseason and just because they're gonna try to do what 72 games in a five six month span so I mean they planned the, they definitely planned the hand like you said Palenka you know give him his flowers while he's here by the way Don um I'm the leader of the THT, you know, bandwagon, you know, fan club. So if you want to sign up real quick, I got you, bro. I've been pumping up THT all season. It's a ghost. putting in the group chat last season, bro. So just let me know, man. Uh, just let me know. Just let me know where I can get my shirt from. That's all I need to know. Yeah, I'm, I'm part of it. He definitely is passing out shirts. Lakers definitely won this offseason. But let's get to some other signings that happened this offseason. Brandon Ingram re-up with the New Orleans Pelicans for five years, 158. Van, Fred Van Fleek re-up with the Toronto Raptors, four years, 85 million. Gordon Hayward, I don't know how his agent pulled this off, but he agreed to a four-year, $120 million deal with the Charlotte Hornets. Van Donovich ended up with the Atlanta Hawks, four years, $72 million. Christian Wood, 
re-up with the Pistons, Joe Harris with the Nets, Gallinari also signed with the Atlanta Hawks, Dragic re-up with the Miami Heat, Jeremy Grant went to the Pistons, Montreal Hales went to the Lakers as we mentioned, Marcus Morris re-signed with the uh, Los Angeles Clippers, and his brother re-signed with the Lakers, Paul Millsap went back to the Nuggets, Malik Beasley went back to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Out of all those names and out of the offseason free agency, what team you got improved besides the Lakers? That's a tough one. Believe it or not, my since my non-biased opinion is going to come out right now because, I mean, that's how I usually am. But um, I kind of low-key, you know, I think the Clippers, they got a little bit better. There's not another team that sticks out to me that got way better. I mean, it's easy to say the Hawks, but um, just because of the, you know, Gallinari signing and the Bogdanovich signing. I like Bogdanovich. He's a good player. He, um, he's known to make big shots. But I think they might have had one signing too much. Because when you look at their roster, it's kind of flooded with guards and wings. Just because they still have Cam Reddish, they have Porter, the, the shooter out of Maryland. So now you have Bogdanovich in the mix. They signed Raj, Rajon Rondo. So I'm, so I'm kind of thinking to myself, like, who's going to be, who's going to start? Because, I mean, you gave Bogdanovich $72 million this year, and he, so he's pretty much a shoe-in. So, I mean, before I did want to say the Hawks, but I think they just made one move too much. So that's why I kind of switched on to the Clippers, just because Ibaka's the type of big that they needed, especially in the postseason. Uh, you know, gives them that athletic wing defender, wing, not wing, that big who could defend and kind of spread the floor for Kawhi and Paul George, which is something they didn't have all year. You know, Zubac, he's a nice little, um, he's a nice big, but he can't really just spread the floor. And then he is kind of, you could pick on them defensively too. So I like what they did with Ibaka. He has that chemistry with Kawhi, you know, winning a title in Toronto two years ago. So I think that could go a long way for them and kind of finally build that team chemistry, which was kind of plaguing them last year and ended up, you know, biting them. But, um, yeah, so I like what the Clippers did. Um, Luke Kennard, people were kind of overvaluing that trade just because, I, I mean, he's a good scorer to create. But they have they already have guards like that, and Lou and um, – Lou Williams and PG and all that, even though he doesn't really play any defense, Kennard doesn't, and then, um, so I don't know, I mean, that's kind of an upgrade, I guess, but not really, but the Ibaka signing really stuck out for me for the Clippers. Yeah, I like what the Atlanta Hawks did. I know you mentioned Atlanta Hawks, you was going to pick them, but you decided not to. I'm going to pick the Atlanta Hawks, actually. I know you said they made one move too many, but to go along with Trey Young, Cam Reddish, they have a lot of young players on that team. And I think the veteran presence of Gallinari, Bangdalovic, right, Ray John Rondo can really, really help them. I know they got Clint Capella. Also, they got John Collins. They signed Chris Dunn as well. Their first-round draft pick, DeAndre Hunter, last year. I really think the Hawks got better this offseason. I'm going to go with them. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Hawks in the East. I mean, they probably won't be top five. I'll probably say somewhere between that seven and eight seed. But we also know that the NBA is going to be kind of different this year due to that playoff format. You know, the 10th is going to play the seventh seed. The ninth is going to play the eighth seed. So I think the Atlanta Hawks improved, and I think they could sneak into the playoffs actually as well. Trey Young had a great season last year. He didn't win many games. I think he's going to come back better. I think he's going to benefit for Rajon Rondo can teach him, and also, you know, on and off the court when it comes to Rajon Rondo, right? And also, I think that Gallinari and Bob Donovich are going to should be starting. Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter probably move to the bench, and then you have John Collins at your four, and you have uh, Capella at your five. I think that's a solid starting five right there. I think that's a starting five that could 
you know, probably win about 35, 40 games in the East. We'll wait and see how that pans out. But I like what the Atlanta Hawks did this offseason. Who you got, Don? Uh, me, I think and this team didn't really make splashy free agent signings. And they didn't really sign any, any marquee free, agent, free agents, I should say. But I would have to say, I, I like what Portland did overall, the Portland Trailblazers. I agree with you guys both that Atlanta uh, did a lot of good things in the offseason. You can pretty much kind of write them in as far as being the winners, for the most part, aside from the Lakers. But I, I like what Portland did this offseason. They didn't really make too many flashy signings, but what they did was kind of re-up on their core. I, I know we got on Rocco earlier, but they picked up Rocco, who, aside from him not being a, a first-round pick, I think he's a pretty solid player for what he brings, you know, 3 and D. I think that's exactly what Portland Trailblazers needed. They re-signed Carmelo Anthony, who played very well for them, for a guy that hasn't been in the league for the past year and a half, two years, for them, who you could say he was a big part of their team last year. They re-signed Rodney Hood, who a lot of people forgot, um, who they re-signed the season before, even though he hurt himself uh, this past the last season by tearing his Achilles. But he's had a, an entire year, calendar year, of healing on that and rehabbing on that Achilles. So, and, I, and I like him as a player as far as what he brings. He's a microwave scorer. Dude can put up 15, 20 points in a second, and he has length on him. Uh, he can play defense. So I, I definitely like what they did there. A sign that a lot of people would be like, what are you talking about? But, you know, I really like this guy for what he did for the Kings last year it was Harry Giles when – What's his name? The center for uh, the Kings went down. Harry Giles stepped in and played a big role, and he played very good. I like what I saw from him on the offensive end. Bagley, the Mar- uh, Bagley, Bagley the third. Bagley got hurt, and then they had another guy who they picked up who played a big part out of Bowling Green. I, I don't was know it Denton? Was it Denton who got traded to the Hawks as well? I think Dadman did get traded to the Hawks, mm-hmm. but there was another guy who I find him a little bit yeah, later. No, but yeah, um, traded for a Cantor too. Yeah, Portland picked up Canner as well. So they picked up Harry Giles, Canner, who played for them the season before that. So I think they picked up a lot of guys who were familiar with them. They re-signed some guys. And not to mention, they still have Dame Dollar and, and CJ McCollum, who I think is the second best backcourt in the NBA next to Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson. They still have those two, Dame, who can literally pull it from the logo. You know, which is unguardable in my opinion. Like, if he's on, he's on. You, you're not stopping him. They still have Trent Gary, who came on late in the season, um, especially in the bubble. They still have Zach Collins, who if he can stay healthy, he's a formidable bid. They still got Yusuf Nurkic. They just got a deep team. And they signed your guy as well out of Miami, so uh, Derrick Jones Jr., who I think uh, with a bigger opportunity, he can he can do some things. You know, he's hella athletic. Uh, I noticed in Miami, he kind of worked on his jumper a little bit. He was in his yeah, he turned into a at a higher rate. Yeah. yeah, he turned into a 3 and D guy. So I definitely like what Portland did. They they became a lot deeper team. They picked up guys that if one guy goes down, because we know Portland just you know tends to have an injury problem for some reason. Um, but they picked up guys who if one guy goes down, it's the next man up. And that next man is no scrub. That's for sure. So I definitely like what Portland did in the offseason. Not the same marquee signings that the Hawks did, but I think they had a solid offseason in my opinion. Definitely had a solid offseason. They definitely was hurt by injuries last year. If they wasn't struck by the injury bug, they probably wouldn't have played the Lakers in the first round last year. They probably would have been a much higher seed. I definitely like what Portland did. The interesting NBA season is going to be interesting, guys. We start December 22nd. We're going to come back with that, you know, prediction podcast. Um, Jay said we had to wait on it, so, you know, I had to listen to the homie. He said, wait for that one. We're going to do that one soon. NBA season starts December 22nd. 
We broke it all down for you guys right here at Couch Talk. We gave you guys Westbrook, gave you guys LeBron, gave you the uh, free agency. Any last words? Lakers getting that back-to-back, that's all I'm saying. No, here we Man. go. AD, this is to you. Let's go ahead and put your name on that contract. It comes with three championships. It comes with some movie deals. It, it comes with, you know, we're not going to do Michael Beasley out here, but, if, you know, if you like, it might come with a girl or two. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, my God. Lakers for Pete, man. Lakers for Pete. Lakers for Pete. That's hey, what. Beasley's, hey, we need to make a one you know, special edition podcast episode on Malik Beasley. No, no. We're going to let the Twitter world handle Beasley. They already <laughs> doing that. Let the Twitter world handle Malik Beasley. He's going to get his. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna keep it professional, oh, guys. <laughs> we gonna keep my this professional. Is, my, my man is all over the place, man. I don't, he's just got a wife and four different girls DMs. I don't know what are you doing, man. Is Minnesota really that boring? Like, why did you re up for sixty mil for four years? If you really gonna be out here doing this, though? right, right. Well, relax, 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 relax. relax. Take <laughs> care of family, man. Hey. All I know is that after all that action, bro, he better get 30, 10, and 8 average out there. Oh, man. He's like a superstar off the court on, in, in IG. Yeah, I need to see that on the court, too. That's man, crazy. He's going, he might have jelly legs on the court, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for joining me. Great episode, as always. Couch Talk.